That's it, just let a voice of worship go up to the Lamb of God for a moment. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Hallelujah, it's all in your hands, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the Lamb of God. in this place to do great things today. God can heal you. You know, He can heal you sitting right where you are. God can fix situations right where you are. If you can lift it up by faith right now, the Lord can make a difference. Won't you lift your need up to the Lord at this place? If you're standing beside somebody that's praying, won't you take them by the hand and lift that need up with them and begin to pray for them? Speak a word of faith over them right now. Hallelujah. Come on, I know everybody's worried about laying hands on, but the scripture said we can lay hands on people. Hallelujah. Pray for somebody. Believe somebody right now in the name of Jesus. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Come on, God's in control of your situation. God's in control of all of it today. Glory to the Lamb of God.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your presence in this house. You know, the Lord's very mindful of us, and He knows that as individuals, and He knows it as a body, that, that we've taken a, a, a hit this week with the loss of our brother, and we've got family, church family members that are really grieving and struggling today, and He sees that, and He just lets His presence come in and like we said in the first service today the, the, you know, the presence of grief and sorrow doesn't mean the absence of peace and comfort God's there right in the middle of it to give us comfort, to give us peace today to help us out and so while we may be shedding tears of, of sorrow we can still rejoice in the promises of God and their promises to be had by His people you believe that today? There are promises to be had by his people. In Jesus' name. Give him a hand clap of praise in this house. Well, I tell you, I'm so glad to see our choir back and see some uh, new members in our choir. We're so glad to have Sister Augusta singing with us this morning. Singing, not with us, uh, with them, not, not, not me. But I love watching these young people coming on up, getting in the choir and getting involved and singing and uh, let's give our music and our choir a hand this morning. Our sound, our media, thank you for what you do. Sometimes they, all they get is mean looks, so we need to make sure we let them know we appreciate them sometimes. This technology stuff, it can get out of hand, and it ain't nobody's fault. It's just technology. So thankful for our people. Thankful for the Word of God. Excited to hear what the Lord's laid on the preacher's heart today. Son, come preach for us. Let's give Brother Jake a hand as he comes this morning. Give a hand clap to the Lord if you're thankful for his word. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When you say that and you mean it, it does something in you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. always a reason to bless the name of the Lord. God is good all the time. As Brother Paul would say, God is faithful. God is faithful. And I am persuaded. I am persuaded in everything, through everything, I am persuaded I'm persuaded about this truth I'm persuaded about the God that I serve I'm persuaded about who I am in Him God is just so good and I love Him I love Him if you want to turn to 2 Kings chapter 13 the Lord's going to have to today and uh, 2 Kings chapter 13 starting in verse 14 <clears throat> says now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness whereof he died and Joash the king of Israel came down unto him and wept over his face and said oh my father my father the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. 
And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou have consumed them. During this time, Israel was, uh, it wasn't the kingdom of Judah, but the kingdom of Israel was in um, a back and forth with the Syrians. Um, and that's why he said, Thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou have consumed them. And he said, Take the arrows, and he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, Smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. And the man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then thou hast smitten Syria till thou hadst consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. And with the help of the Lord for just a few moments today, I do have a word from the Lord. And I don't have many notes, but I do have a word. And I want to preach, how far are we willing to go? How far are you willing to go? Let's pray for the word of the Lord. Jesus, I thank you so much for your presence. Lord, your spirit is in this house today. Lord, I need your help. Lord, preaching this word today, I'm your servant. God, I believe that this word's going to help us and instruct us. Lord, we want to be close to you. We want to be everything that you've called us, formed us, and shaped us to be. Help us today, Lord. We give you all the honor and glory and praise for these things in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord some praise today. And just shout in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody say, Lord, speak to me. Amen. You can be seated. are we willing to go? I've heard uh, different messages preached from this passage here, um, and all great, and all, uh, you know, relevant, and all, you know, it, it's all good. That's why the word is the living word of God. While I don't believe in taking things out of context, I believe you can read something and it'll speak to you in one way and you can read it a different time and it'll speak to you another way. The, the Word of the Lord is the only thing I know that does that. And just to, just to be clear here up front, if just for the sake of if you were to study deeper into this, the Bible does cover the lives of two different kings by the name of Joash. One was the king of Judah, also called Jehoash. And the other that we're reading about today, who was over the kingdom of Israel. And their reigns overlap for a period. Uh, and this, like I said, this is irrelevant for the purpose of this word, but it's useful uh, to understand should you choose to study this more in depth. Trust me, I, the first time I ever read through this, I was like, okay. Joash is alive here and he's not here. And then this happened here and I realized there's two different. Jehoash and Joash. Anyway, 
How many are thankful today? Think about it. Think about it. You don't even know what I'm saying. I'm thankful for you. I'll just, all right, yes, amen. I like that. Go ahead, just thankful. Amen. <laughs> How many are thankful today for the elders of the church? I'm thankful for the elders of the church. And I, I do not mean to use the term elder in a disrespectful manner. Nana said thank you. The elders of the church, they've been trailblazers for the gospel and prayer warriors and soul winners and have walked with God and have interacted with angels and have seen miracles and signs and wonders and cast out devils and built churches and turned cities and towns upside down and and have even been persecuted, uh, but stood strong for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for the elders of the church. I, uh, we're standing on the shoulders of those that have come before us. We, well, there's no way that we could be here where we are if it was not for the elders of the church. And, and, and if you don't know that, you need to know that we need to be thankful for the elders of the church. I'm thankful for a generation of men and women of God that I can look to from this generation. And I can be inspired, but not only inspired, but I can be instructed. And and I I can look to them for an example, and I can see their strength, and I can see how they made it, and how they went on, and I I can see that I can make it. And I'm so thankful for the example. I'm thankful uh, to to be able to to, uh, submit Oh, under godly authority and with godly purpose under elders of the church and, 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 and have them as an example. I'm just thankful. I'm thankful. And now you listen, I'm telling you what I'm thankful for. You, you think about it for you. I'm thankful for every prayer that a faithful elder has prayed over me. I'm thankful for every time a faithful elder has fasted for me. Sacrificed of themselves for me. You think about it for you. I'm thankful for every word that a faithful elder has prayed over me and spoken over my life that helped me, that pulled me out of a pit. I'm thankful for it. I think about ones that have gone on to their reward. Think about Brother Phillips, who would take my hands and encourage me and lift me up, always tell me I did a good job, always speaking life to me. Think about Brother and Sister Ward, who exemplified faithfulness. Forgive me if I get a little bit emotional today. Exemplified faithfulness and love and would pray and preach. Sometimes still in prayer, I think about Brother Ward, and I, I'll just, I almost hear it in my mind, I'll hear that, just, whoo, just, he'd be praying, he'd scare you to death if you, if you weren't being spiritual right then. I think about the power that would fill a room when Sister Pledger started to pray. 
I'm thankful to have been born under the leadership of my great-grandfather who baptized me in the name of Jesus. I'm thankful for ones that I've had as an example. I'm thankful for men like Brother Paul Vaughn who showed what it is to fight a good fight, to keep the faith, to finish the course, and now can open his eyes and say, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Thankful for men and women that I can look to, that I have been able to look to. And I'm thankful for elders in my life still today that I can look to, that pray over me, that encourage me, that lift me up, that I I can look and I, I can see them as an example, I'm, I'm thankful. And if you, I, I'm not going to start naming who elders are, but if you know you've been in this, and, and, and you've been faithful, and then I honor you today. I'm thankful for those that have kept the faith. And while I am so thankful, There is also, when I think about the elders, I think about who they are, what they mean, what they've done. There's also this, let's call it a holy frustration that comes over me sometimes. Why is it that so much, Lord help me today. Why is it that so much of what the elders saw, experienced, the kind of faith they had, the kind of things they did, why do we not see it as much? There are stories and even things that we can remember. But you're lying to yourself if you say that there's the same kind of that something that is, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, I'm saying the, the prevalence of it. And with all the love in my heart today, I ask this with an urgency that do do I not experience those things the same way? Do I not see as much of that because my level of dedication, my level of consecration, my level of commitment, is it at the same level that those who came before me had. I know that's that's a bitter pill. But you gotta ask yourself if you feel like I want to see these things, but I feel like I'm not. I want to do these things, but I feel like I'm not. Where is your dedication level at? How committed are you? Uh, look at the example of the elders. 
know y'all want to be shouting. I've got to ask myself, where is my level of consecration and commitment and dedication to this truth and to this God that I serve? And where is it at? What level is it at? How deep is it? How far am I willing to go? Let me just put it this way. The elders weren't glued to a TV screen every spare minute that they had. Even when they could relax and when they had some time off. They didn't scroll through Instagram and Facebook for hours at a time. And watch videos and look at memes for hours. They didn't entertain themselves by watching filth on TikTok. They didn't binge watch entire seasons of shows on Netflix. A company that sexualizes children, by the way, if you're still paying for it. They didn't lay down the cross to become campaign managers every four years. They didn't push the boundaries and see how close they could get, how close to the edge that they could walk and still be okay. They didn't stay home from church because they were tired. They didn't compromise holiness for the sake of convenience. They didn't compromise what they believed and knew to be true because somebody looked at them funny or because they fell under persecution or because they were scared of what somebody might think or say. They didn't do the bare minimum for God. God, help me today. I'm not trying. you you got to understand what spirit I'm of today. I'm not trying to beat us up. I'm not even trying to accuse you of anything. I'm trying to help us to take a look at ourselves, Because this day and this time that we're in requires more dedication than even the elders had in their day. And we're going to have to realize that there's some things we're going to have to stop. And there's some things that we're going to have to start. Where is my level of dedication? How holy do I want to be? How close to God do I want to be? the elders didn't just scrape by doing the bare minimum for God and say this will be alright they didn't roll the dice and say this should be fine to get me in they gave everything that they had and said I'll abandon everything I, I don't want the things of this world I don't care about temporary pleasure I don't care about those things I'm My life is a sacrifice. I'll lay my life on this altar every day. Where? I'm not trying to get you to compare yourself. I'm not trying to get you to hold yourself up to to someone else. but, But hold yourself up to this. Hold yourself up to this. How far am I willing to go? They would fast. They wouldn't even set a set a, a limit. They would just they would just fast water until they until they saw a move of God. 
Because they say, I want my family saved. I want healing to come. I want revival to come. Instead of, instead of trying to, to shave off what they could, they cling to the Word of God. They cling to, to holiness. It was more than a set of rules and regulations that, that, could, that could have amendments made to it. They said, this is the Word of God. And I'm going to stick to it no matter who looks at me funny or what kind of persecution I get. How far am I willing to go? Now just stay with me for just, really, just another few minutes here. Because there's, there's something I want us to say in all that. There's something I want us to see in this passage. There's a principle here that will help us in this time that we're in. Because we are we're the generation on whom the ends of the world has come. So this passage, Joash, the Bible says that Joash did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And he departed not from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who made Israel sin, but he walked therein. Without getting into all that and that whole story, this time right here that Joash they're in a tense time with the Syrians. And it's a time of unrest, a time of war. Elisha has fallen sick. And the Bible says that he had fallen sick of the sickness whereof he died. And he's on that bed, and Joash comes to him because he realized there's an elder. He realized I, there's somebody that I can look to. Even with how he had been and some mistakes that he had made and, and, and the turmoil and the things that were going on, Joash went to the elder. He said, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel, the horsemen thereof. The, he realized, he acknowledged that Elisha was, was like a spiritual shield. He was, there, there, was, there was something there because of Elisha. And he knew where to go. And so he goes and he talks to Elisha and asks Elisha about this. And Elisha told him to take the bow. He fired it eastward. He said, it's the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. He said, and, and, and you're gonna, uh, it's going to be deliverance from Syria. You're going to smite the Syrians in Aphek. There was a promise. There was a promise of, of what could be. There was a promise of, of what Israel could have because of this. And he told Joash, he said, take these arrows and smite them on the ground. He didn't say how many times to smite them. And you might look and say, well, that's, it's a, maybe Elisha was a little harsh because he didn't tell Joash, all he said was just smite them on the ground. He didn't say how many times. And, I'm, and, and he didn't even say how many times, and Joash still smote three times. But see, Joash knew that, well, one time's not enough. That goes without saying. He he said, I'll smite three times. 
And the principle here, Elisha was wroth. He said, you should have smoked five or six times. But he might as well have said, you should have smoked until your hands were bleeding. You should have smoked until, until those arrows were just dust, just splinters on the ground, nothing left. He said, you would have, then would thou have smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it, but now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. And that's what happened. The principle here. And what I want us to ask ourselves is, just like Joash with this elder here, the elder would have done more. He would, have, he would have said, if, if there's this promise of deliverance, if there's this promise of victory, if there's this promise that I can hold on to, then I'm going to hit these arrows on the ground until there's nothing but splinters. And what I want to tell us today, in this time that we're in, and I hope this is making sense to you, in this time that we're in, we need to do more and not less. We need to do not just what's saying, well, this is good enough. I've preached before that, that, uh, that well enough it won't get well done because a well enough mindset is, is, is not enough. Well enough is... We don't need to have a this, this is good enough mindset. This, this, was a time, this was a time where they needed deliverance. This was a time where they needed victory against the enemy. I, I want to remind you today that we're in a time where we need, we need victory. We need to walk in the victory that's promised us. We need to walk in the promises of God that have been made to us. But the principle that I want us to see here is that, that just good enough is not good enough. That there has to be something in us that says, if this is what the Lord wants me to do, I'm going to go and go and go and go and go and go until there's nothing left but just splinters on the ground because good enough is just not good enough. I hope that's making sense. I, I, I hope you're not waiting on me to get too much deeper because this is the word of the Lord today that I want us to hear is that in this day and time that we're in, we've got to do more and not less. We have got to go with everything that we've got and not say I did this and this and this and that's just good enough. But I'm going to go and go and go and go and go and go. I'm going to give of myself until there's nothing left, until I have... Until I obtain the promise. Because that original promise was that you're going to consume the Syrians. But now this promise was that you're going to just smite them thrice. We've got a promise. We've got a promise. The Lord said, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Uh, whether I, Hey, hey, post-trib, pre-trib, mid-trib, I don't know what you believe. I don't know what you think about where we're at today. But the Lord said He's going to be with us. And He said, I'm going to keep you and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you victory. I, we're promised these things, but I want to do more and not less. I, I don't want to say, oh, great, that sounds great, so I'll just do this and this and this and I'll be good. I want to do more for God and not less. I'm trying to get us to see something something today. In this time that we're in, we're going to have to lay some things down and we're going to have to pick some things up and just run hard after God and run hard after the things of God. Good enough 
that's going to get you nowhere. Just barely getting by is not going to cut it anymore. I would dare to say that Joash was lukewarm in his response to the promise. I don't want to just be lukewarm to to, to respond to the promises of God. I'm going to do everything that I can do. I'm going to do everything that I can do. I'll present my body a living sacrifice. I'll lay myself on the altar every day. There are so many things in this world. You might say, I'm, you know, I'm strong. I know where, I, where my walk with God is. That's great to be confident in your walk with God. I want to be in a place where I'm confident in my walk with God. Not because of my own ability, but because I know He's keeping me. He's with me. I, but you got to be careful not to, not to get into a place of arrogance that you think I could never be distracted. I could never be pulled away by everything that's going on. I'm, I'm telling you, if, if, if you're looking for more favorable conditions to serve God, if you're looking for more favorable conditions to have revival to come in this world, I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find it. I think this world is going to be in a constant state of turmoil until we're called out of here, but the church still has a promise. And the people of God are still the people of God. And I don't want to just say, I'm, I'm just good enough to just barely get by. I, I hope this is making sense to you today. Examine your own walk with God. Examine yourself. I, I started listing things earlier, and I could go on and on and on and on and on about the things that we involve ourselves in that we ought not to involve ourselves in. I'm sorry if it's hard. I'm sorry if that sounds mean. But there are just some things that you shouldn't watch anymore. There are just some things you shouldn't listen to anymore. There are just some things you shouldn't do anymore I'm sorry if that sounds harsh but I want to be holy I want to be holy I want to be pleasing to God I want to I'm telling you you are not going to have the power in your life like you need if you're compromised you cannot live with God and flirt with the devil and flirt with the world and kind of hold hands behind your back with the world and with the enemy and think that you're going to have any kind of power to stand in this last day. You've got to be holy as he is holy. Come out from among them and be ye separate. As long as the Lord tarries. Hey, as long as the Lord tarries, I I want these little children to look to me the same way that I look at my elders. I don't want to, I don't want these kids, I don't want these kids to come up. If the Lord tarries, I I don't want Brother Luke to be 17 years old and not have me for an example to look to. What one generation does in in moderation, the next will do in excess. I don't want to involve myself in all kinds of things. And and one of these kids say, well, they did this so I can take it a step further. If the Lord tarries, I I want to have some powerful apostolic... 
this is the thing. And I feel like, I feel like, I, I, I know this, that this word can be encouraging today. And I, I'm always, I always am encouraged when I'm instructed. Even if it's, you know. But this is what I feel like the Lord would warn us about today. The fact of the matter is, is we've seen a lot of elders that have gone on. We've seen a lot of powerful elders that have gone on to their reward. And if the Lord tarries, that'll keep happening. And I'm sorry if you believe differently, but your, your elders' ghost is not coming to give you some guidance. You start getting involved with things like that, you're in a bad place. I know that I, I know the, the sentiment of, of of believing. You know, people say, "I, I believe they're watching after me." I, I I believe that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But we can't rely on the the spirits of our elders. To be what holds us up and keeps us going. Does that make sense? I, I hope it does. Oh, there's got to be something inside of me that says, well, I, I'm glad that I have them as an example. And I'm going to hold to that. And I'm going to keep that. And, and the only spirit that I'm relying on to get me through is the spirit of God. And so what I'm warning us of today, we cannot let the elders just keep going on and going on, and going on, until if the Lord tarries, there's, there's no kind of resemblance of what the apostolic church ought to be. It can't be that way. We've got to hold fast. We've got to cling to those old landmarks. We've got to hold to this truth, uncompromising, unwavering. We've got to hold on to the Word of God, and we've got to search ourselves and say, if I'm doing something wrong, God, help me. If I'm doing something wrong, God, help me and speak to me. I want to make it right. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in saying, in, in saying Lord, I, if I'm wrong, make me right. If I'm going the wrong way, even if it's just one thing, if it's just one thing in my life, reveal it to me. Let me know. Show me in Your Word. I want to be in line with Your Word. If, and I just really don't see it happening, but if, we were here for another 75 years, the Lord's arid. Is the apostolic church even going to resemble what the Lord intended it to be? How far are you willing to go? How many times are you going to smite those arrows? How many times, how, how extreme will you be for God?
I don't have, I don't have anything deeper to present to you today. I just have this word from the Lord. New age is not, it's not a new God. I've said before, I've taught, taught, preached it before, that I serve the God of the ages, not the gods of the age. And as things get newer, and time goes on, I need to be reaching further back. As far as I can go, how, how far am I willing to go as far as I can possibly go? If you'll really allow yourself, and you can stand with me, if you'll really allow yourself, you'll realize we're at a point where it makes sense to say, what else really matters? I'm sorry if you have plans and dreams and aspirations. There's nothing wrong with that, but they very well may not come to pass. That trumpet may sound. And what's going to matter Where's my walk with God? I know churches just get more and more and more contemporary, relevant. And I understand the things that we do, they're still in line with the Word of God to reach people of a new generation, different ages, different backgrounds. Uh, that's fine. But God, help us if we start removing those old landmarks. We won't survive. We won't make it. How many times will you smite those arrows knowing that there's a promise of victory? Knowing that there's a promise. How many times? How many times? How far will you go? How far will you go? What level are you willing to go to with God? God, help me. I know that this is what the Lord would say today. And I'll rejoice in His instruction keeps me and preserves me and saves me, but somebody might need to just be broken right now before the Lord. Say, Lord, search me. I don't care how, how old, how young, how long or how short you've been living for God. I think today that we can all say, Lord, just search me. Make it known to me I want to be lined up with your word.
I want to make sure that I'm I'm following an example. How far am I willing to go for God? Could you find a place in these altars today? I just ask that you allow yourself to just be open before the Lord for a few moments today. It's okay that we're not shouting or jumping, but if somebody's heart can be changed, if somebody can be right with the Lord today, that's what the Lord wants to do in this house. Just ask Him, Lord, search me. Search me, Lord. God, help us today.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I feel like that was a word from the Lord. Just prior to service this morning, I was sharing with one of our young ministers, and I was telling her about services that we used to be in, the things that is very similar to what Jake opened up with, just talking about things that had been seen in times past. And and I was sharing uh, stories about the ministry of Brother Conway that used to preach at uh, our pastor's church, at our church, and just sharing some of the things we'd seen the Lord do in services and how the Lord used him. And, and I made the statement, I said, you know, I, I said, I'm sure that somewhere around this world that's still going on I said but I have never seen a ministry as precise as his since he left this world now I've seen guys used in the gifts and things happen and, and I know they're men of God and but the, just the specific things that the Lord would show Brother Conway and, and the way the Lord would use him and after that conversation this morning was over and I was in the office by myself and I thought why is that not happening today and, and where what do we have to do and I began to just re- reminisce on Brother Conway telling me about his early days before this gift began to operate in him and the things he did and, and just like a prelude to this sermon I began to look at my life and say where am I what am I doing? Am I going far enough? Am I doing the things I need to be doing? Why aren't we seeing this anymore? And so I feel like the Lord is, I don't, I don't feel like we're being reprimanded. I don't feel like we're being, he's presenting a choice to us because it's always the choice. Some people feel like salvation and the things of the Lord, well, it's already been chosen. He chose to die. He chose to save us. And so we have no decisions to make, but that's not true. The Bible says for us to choose this day who we will serve. And we'll either serve the world or we'll serve the Lord. And that's it's two choices. We serve the world or we serve the Lord. And if we serve the Lord, serve Him, really serve Him, we will see the things that we've heard stories about. And there will be a generation to tell stories that this has gone on and continue to go on if we serve the Lord. Good enough. Well, that's good enough. You know what you say, what, what you do after you say that's good enough? You stop. You backing somebody into a place, they go, that's good enough. You know what happens? They stop. Some people think, well, they, they think just because they put paint on a wall that that's good enough. No, it ain't. You need to know how to paint. (laughs) But when they think it's good enough, they just stop. When we start settling for good enough, we stop our progress. I don't want to ever say until I hear him say, well done, that I've done enough. I want to finish my course, not stop in the middle of it. I want to be able to say I've finished what God gave me, not I did good enough. Well, I was baptized, preacher. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. That's Acts 2.38. Ain't that good enough? If that was good enough, 
Then Peter would have not, with many other words, testified and exhorted, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. Oh, that'll wash you clean and that'll get you born again. But you still got to live for God. Glory. Wonderful word today. Let's ask ourselves, all of us, how far will we go to see? How far will we go to provide an example for the next generation? How far will we go to make sure that that our grandkids and great-grandkids still have an apostolic truth to believe in? How far will we go? Wonderful word today. Wonderful presence of the Lord in this house. God loves you. Yes, he does very much. Tomorrow night we'll be here praying at 7 o'clock. Let's make it a big prayer meeting. Let's All that can, let's be here tomorrow night to pray and seek the Lord's face and, and go a little farther. How long has it been since you've been to Monday night prayer? Or have you ever been? I'm inviting you tomorrow night at 7. Monday night prayer. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. Thank you for all of our visitors that are here today. We honor you. Thank you for being with us. Come back and join us again soon. We love you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.